Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to episode 13 of the Pro Wrestling Index on the Anfield Index podcast channel. I am your host, Matt Topolsky, and we have a great discussion scheduled for the pod today. On the broadcast, returning is Dave Hendrick and the host of the Reds Review, Andy Wales. Dave and Andy, welcome to the Pro Wrestling Index. How are you gentlemen doing? Pleasure as always, Matt. Pleasure, pleasure as always. Uh, delighted to be here. Absolutely delighted. And Andy, this is your first time on the Pro Wrestling Index. I had the uh, the pleasure of being a guest on the Reds Review recently, and we were very optimistic until Liverpool, of course, shit the bed against Crystal Palace. Um, but um, we're going to be positive tonight, my friend. It's a long and winding road, it but uh, the sunshine in the distance. Sunshine in the distance. All right. Well, we've got some pro wrestling to talk about, or sports entertainment, depending on, on what you want to call it, guys. And we have a lot to cover, uh, so we're going to get into the show tonight. As well, uh, we have some Twitter questions that we'll be covering later on the show. But um, last week on the show, Dave, you and I discussed the fact that Seth Rollins was no longer WWE champion. Of course, his injury, which took place on the European tour, the WWE had to quickly respond to this by setting up a WWE Championship tournament. And uh, as it turns out, a 16-man tournament that began on Monday Night Raw just a few days ago. What were your initial impressions, Dave, when uh, when you saw some of the names in this bracket? Um, somewhat disappointed. Uh, we had discussed uh, the potential for some wildcard entrants, maybe Triple H coming back, you know, maybe them bringing back in somebody else who hadn't been around for a while. You had mentioned Jericho, Matt. Yeah. And we didn't see that. We basically saw a standard Raw, a hodgepodge, matches thrown together that didn't really make any sense. Um, no real rivalries kind of pitted against, you know, pitted in the tournament. Uh, I'm a little bit underwhelmed so far. Um, I do think that, you know, the main card at Survivor Series has the potential to be a lot of fun with this tournament. Um, the thing I liked most though was Seamus losing, um, because it creates the potential for him to cash in his briefcase at some point during the tournament. So it, it's not as well, it's going to be A to B. There's that C option that could just, you know, cut in and change everything. Yeah. 
Um, Andy, what did you think when you uh, when you saw this tournament put together? Uh, your your initial impressions on all this. Were you disappointed by this, or were you were you optimistic? Um, I, I was underwhelmed, like Dave. You know, it really is. It's a missed opportunity almost because that's that's what it was. It's I mean, from tragedy of of the main guy being out. For, for so long comes a great opportunity and I think this was a, a great opportunity for them to hit the reset button and start you know almost start again and, and really sort of start pushing a few more guys and get them up and around that, that main event uh, status and it just feels as though all we're doing is we're going back over all ground. We're just going to keep doing the same thing again and again, except we're just going to slot somebody else into somebody else's position. And it just feels predictable. It feels like the whole thing is just getting recycled week after week after week. And it doesn't feel new or refreshed or reset. And it's, I don't know. It, it, I mean, for me personally, I thought potentially an idea for, for the tournament could have been them say, right, uh, we are going to, not only are we going to crown uh, a new champion at uh, Survivor Series, but it will be this tournament, there'll be no previous world champions in it. So it will be a brand new first time world champion, you know, just to, to freshen it up completely. And then and then it, you could, it, it kind of, it, it answers the question itself then of why is Brock Lesnar on in it? Because... Yeah. You know, where's Brock Lesnar? You know, the biggest name in the company, really. There's no explanation as to why Brock Lesnar's not in the tournament. Now, that it set, that in itself sets up a potential storyline going forward, but there's no explanation in the program or anything. But at least, I don't know, just at least give us something different. And I think that's what a Raw and the WWE has been crying out for for so long. It's just something a bit different. It's just so much of the same thing week after week after week. And it's and it just lacks lacks something interesting and different happening. And this, this was an opportunity. And it feels as though it's, it doesn't feel like this is... This has been an opportunity, you know, grabbed by them. It almost feels like we're just going to let go of another opportunity here, and it, and it's a it's a crying shame when you think of all the talent that there is there. You know, you bring up an interesting point, Andy, and that is uh, Brock Lesnar. I uh, live in Houston, Texas, uh, obviously, and in the last few days, I have seen ads advertising Brock Lesnar for a January live appearance to wrestle here in Houston. Uh, so this is not an appearance that will be on television. This is not a televised event he will be appearing at, although it could be on the WWE Network. Now, here's the interesting part about all this. There are those detractors out there that would say featuring Brock Lesnar in this tournament would limit his available dates for the remainder of the calendar year, if you will, um, and whatever those dates are in his contract. And I'm sure someone could go out and look up and um, and find out what they are. But I find it interesting that you're going to use Brock Lesnar for a live event that would potentially be on the WWE Network, a network that doesn't need additional eyeballs as badly as Monday Night Raw does, or mm. your product, which you are offering on free television for people. Uh, Dave, are you disappointed by Brock Lesnar not being a part of the tournament? Extremely. Extremely. Um, I, I would imagine that what they're going to do is set him up to face the winner of the tournament at the Rumble 
Um, and I would guess that perhaps he's working a couple of house shows before Rumble to kind of knock off any cobwebs that maybe kind of will, will you know, will come on between now and then. I just think, Matt, the whole the way the whole thing has been handled has been quite poor. I mean, the opening segment for me is just desperation. Triple H comes out, says to Reigns, "You can be our guy. You can be our guy." And Reigns, no, I'm I'm not the guy. I'm I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it the right way. It's a desperate attempt to con the fan base into getting behind a guy that they're not sold on. They're trying to make him out to be the man of the people, the guy who wouldn't sell out. And it just, you know, it's like if the fans aren't into him, they're not going to be into him because you run these pathetic segments. And then they have the big show involved. And I just can't abide seeing the big show anymore. I'm done with the big show. It's like he comes out. And it, oh, what a challenge for Reigns! Well, no, because this guy's lost everybody over the last ten years. The His Lucas finishing move, WWE. The, yes, he is slower than Lucas. The only human being that moves slower than Lucas Leva. <laughs> but Matt, here's the question for you, right? Yeah. Standard WWE match. Guy gets whipped into the corner. Opponent approaches, climbs to the second turnbuckle, starts punching him in the head. The, the, the traditional Hulk Hogan up to 10 thing. What does the referee do? Warns him about using the closed fist. How is it that we're 10 years into the big show using a punch as his finishing move and he's not just disqualified every time? That's an excellent that, question. It It's bugged me for years. And you know something that's interesting about that, Dave, is that uh, Jim Ross had actually brought this up on his podcast and his blog, I think, last year. Uh, and tweeted out about this as well is um if 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 you're not going to keep kayfabe um as as my co-host on my other show Brad Gilmore points out hashtag kayfabe continuity uh is what he likes to say so much in that uh, there's no kayfabe continuity uh hmm. what what's the purpose of counting to 10 what's the purpose of having rules in the ring at all uh, you know yeah. and that's the other thing is you you ban the curb stomp for whatever yeah. perceptions may exist but you continue to allow Alberto Del Rio to kick people in the head when they're on their knees, and you continue to allow Big Show to use a closed fist as a finisher. And I know that's not a dangerous maneuver. I get that. But in terms of kayfabe, that, to me, if that's an illegal maneuver, if it's illegal exactly. for you to use a closed fist, then how is that any different than hitting someone in the head with a chair and pinning them? And that's the thing. And we've been told for years that, you know, this is it. It's illegal to use the closed fist. Mo brought this up at a really good point a few weeks back where in a Divas match, there was a figure four applied and it was reversed. And the person who was initially put into the hold was still the one acting as if they're in the most pain. Whereas for years, we've been told that if you reverse it, it puts all the pressure on the person who's initially put the hold on. And this is that same thing. You're going away from tradition. If nothing else, at least hold on to, to those traditional, you know, kayfabe stories that we know. These are the rules. These are, there's not that many of them. This is one of them. And, you know, like the thing with, with Rollins and the curb stomp is that he does that similar thing to to Del Rio where the person drops to their knees and he does like the super kick type thing. Mm -hmm. And he's not been banned from doing that. Yeah. But he's been banned from doing the less dangerous move. Uh, it's just, 
Yeah, it's, it's just, someone in creative needs to have a long it's chat. Just, with it's just logic. It's just a, a complete lack of logic, and that's something that really, something that's really lacking in WWE. I mean, do you remember years ago, going back to what was it, the start of the Attitude Era, around about then, where Vince McMahon did the. Um, the, the sit down bit before one of the shows and said we're not going to uh, try and in- insult your intelligence. Yes, he said no. No longer yeah. is the notion of good guys versus bad guys. You yeah. know, and that all that spiel about yeah. insulting people's intelligence and all the rest of it, and that's what they're doing here now. That is yeah. exactly what we're doing. But it's such a watered down product and it's it's a it's kind of a mishmash. You know, it's a bit of this and a bit of that, and it just lacks you know, a complete direction because it goes in the direction and then it kind of takes a bit of this one and then one week we'll try and grab a bit of that one and then it the whole product is it's just kind of aimlessly drifting and I mean, what was mentioned there about the rules, you know, you, you've got to be, you know, if you're going to be a bad guy, you break the rules, but there's got to be rules there to be broken, you know, and, and that's what's lacking. There aren't any rules to really break, are there? So, defining characters, defining the basics, and that's it's putting logic in there. And even something like Jim Ross that you mentioned there, something else he mentioned was time, you know, time uh, restrictions on matches. Do you remember we used to have time limits? Yeah, yeah. You, this, 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 the following contest is scheduled for a 15-minute time limit, you know, for one fall or whatever. Yeah, mm. it's, an, it's another finish, isn't it? Instead of coming up with some stupid finish... You're just saying this, you know, the following match is, is a 20 minute time limit, and those guys fight it out for 20 minutes. There's no winner. There you go. And you get dropped. Exactly. And, and both of them leave looking strong. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Sports entertainment. Sports. You get draws in sports, don't you? You know, yeah. boxing, like mixed martial arts. It's real. It feels real. That's what we've got to give. You've, you're supposed to step back and. You know, release your inhibitions and detach yourself from reality. And, you know, imagine this has some case of reality to it. So, you know, draws happen. You know, it, 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 they do happen. And, and like we said, that's another finish. And it just gives you another you know, possibility and can set something else up. And like you just said there, it can leave both guys looking strong. It's just another basic thing that's been left. And, I mean, on, on that you know, insulting people's intelligence. Well, that, that opening segment. Now, they're saying to Reigns, or, you know, be our guy, and he's going, I'm not going to be your guy, right? So it's either they're trying to uh, force him, they're just desperately trying to throw, uh, force him down your throats that he's a good guy and you're going to get behind him. Or they want to spin it round and, you know, try and be smart and actually you know we're doing a swerve here and he's going to be he's actually going to um, join us and turn on everyone which is which would be great if they do it but having done that segment it just looks stupid and it lacks any logic you know what I mean the whole point it's if it's simple and it's logical it works and if it works it's popular and it has ratings and it gets followings and it generates money and interest and that's the whole point isn't it yeah and and the other part about it as well is these problems have been systemic they have been snowballing a domino effect if you will for for months and for years and this speaks on what we've seen again this past week with raw in terms of the rating 
Um, this past edition from Manchester once again set a record for another 18-year low when it comes to viewership numbers. Let me break a couple of things down for you guys, and then we'll talk about why I think and why we think this happens to be the case. We have a WWE World Heavyweight Championship tournament. The title is up for grabs. It could be anybody's. You would think there'd be a tremendous amount of interest generated from this. Raw averaged 3.17 million viewers. This is only marginally better than the 3.14 million they had during their Christmas Eve episode of Raw in 2012. And that Raw was the lowest rated Raw since they had moved to three hours permanently. So this week's show now holds the record for the least viewed non-holiday edition of Raw since it moved to three hours. Um, in addition to that, the show once again continued to lose viewers throughout the program. Um, and the trend here is, is, is really, that's, this is how bad it is. That, that the third hour of Raw had less than 2.9 million viewers. They were under 3 million viewers for that third hour of Raw. This is not what USA Network wants to see. Now the question is, why are these numbers so low? Why, when there's so much uncertainty surrounding the WWE Championship, and you would think, okay, well, we've got some chaos here. Someone's going to climb to the top. This could be compelling. Why are people not tuning in? It's my feeling that the reason why they're not tuning in is because they already know that this is going to be written poorly. They already know mm. that WWE is going to mismanage this and mishandle it and give us predictable finishes. The moment that I looked at this bracket, I could tell you exactly who the final four in this bracket was going to be. We were going to have Roman Reigns. We were going to have Alberto Del Rio. We were going to have Dean Ambrose, and we were going to have Kevin Owens. Because yeah. Ziggler's not going to go through, because we all know Tyler Breeze will cost him that opportunity. And there are people out there that will argue with me that, well, that's just storytelling. But does it always have to be predictable? Does it always have to be the same thing? And to your point, Andy, regarding Roman and whether or not they're teasing the turn, we all want them to turn them. The audience wants them to turn them. But I think we all know that's not going to happen because WWE has put all their chips in on Roman Reigns and they are going to play it safe. That's what they're going to do. But, you know, the thing from Amat is like, it's not like this was the last draw before Survivor Series. I don't think there was any reason for the round of 18, a round of 16 matches to take place on this Raw. I genuinely don't. I think they could have used this Raw to set up the tournament, to explain the concept and bring guys out who want to compete and do the draw and actually have a draw. Set it up in the ring, have the all 16 guys around and pull lots Right, you're facing him. You're facing him. Then on SmackDown, you have two or three of the round of 16 matches. And on Raw, you could have the, the remaining matches. And then you have the SmackDown show just before Survivor Series to hype it all up and, you know, give us some nice vignettes or whatever, some nice promos, whatever. But to just kind of spew it out as if, like, all... Well, we couldn't really think of anything else. So here's what we've got. And you're just going to have to live with it because we're not very good at this. And, you know, we pay people a load of money to be creative and write this show. But they're all terrible at their jobs. Uh, but they're just, they're just here to be yes men. It's like, how did things get this bad? I mean, and I think that's an excellent point, Dave. I mean, what do you think, Andy? Should they have waited to start this, this tournament? Yeah, I mean, that was a possibility. Uh, certainly at least... 
at least put more into presenting the tournament and getting right rather than just you know we've got an opening and that's the thing as well with Raw by the way every single week the opening segment is always a talking segment 10, 15, 20 minutes of talking it's the same thing every single week I mean Stone Cold Steve Austin pulled them up on that didn't he on his podcast and, and you just they just absolutely you know they're stuck to it they're stubborn we're going to do this week in week out and he's saying it, it's the hook you know whatever happened to hooking people in to watch next week you know next week you're going to see this match you're going to see that match you know and you tune in and the opening match the opening segment of the show is a match that they told you about the week before that they, mm. sell, that they sold to you that you want to tune in to watch you know it, and that's it's getting frustrating because they just keep churning the same crap out week after week after week and it, and there was nothing there where was the hook for this tournament in that opening segment you know all oh, right you join us you could be our guy join us no right okay right you're in and uh, you're facing this guy and that's yeah, it just, not, not, just not randomly not like oh yeah. you're going to be facing this yeah. guy and it's the big show and he's crap and yeah. you're going to win but you know what else that like there's a couple of things that have bothered me really like I always think because of the nature of the industry, like, and we've seen, how many champions have we seen in the last couple of years suffer serious injuries and have to step away? Like, Edge was champion when he retired, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, obviously, Daniel Bryan had to give up the title, and I'm sure I'm missing others who've had to give up titles along the way. Well, Seth, how Seth did, Rollins most recently. Obviously. Well, Seth, obviously, yeah, so it's come to Seth. But how did they not have a contingency plan, Matt? Yeah. How do they not have something like properly scripted and planned out that if the champion goes down, this is what we're going to do and it's well developed and it's it makes sense. It, it, for me it just doesn't make sense. And the fact is now I know it's different now because we have the internet and all that, but I, personally I haven't seen footage of how Rollins got hurt. I don't know who it was against or anything like that. Well, he was but, he was wrestling Kane, and uh, I believe he tried to do some sort of variation of a power bomb off the top rope. And when he flipped over Kane to almost do like the sunset flip power bomb, if you will, when he came down, the way he landed was awkward, and that's where he tore his knee to hell. So ah, yeah. okay, because what I was thinking was like you could have had. I know Kane is now involved in this storyline with the Wyatts, but. Like in the older days, if if he'd gotten hurt at a house show, the the, the automatic storyline is the guy that he was wrestling against when he got hurt comes out and says, "Yeah, I took the champion out. Now I'm the guy who's here. I'm the number one guy who's coming out to face me." And automatically, you're getting heat for this guy, and he makes sense now in the storyline. Now, obviously, it couldn't happen with the thing because Kane is involved in this nonsense storyline with the Wyatts um, but they just seem to miss every potential opportunity like think like Rollins getting hurt didn't have to be a bad thing it was a bad thing for him obviously but in terms of like shaking things up and going in, in a new direction it could have been the best thing that had happened in years but once again they've just dropped the ball yeah yeah, I, I, I agree totally. And, and that's the thing is when, when you look at the bracket, the bracket tells me two things. Number one, uh, a lack of creativity that exists among this entire group of writers that WWE mm. employs, which is that these, these people should apologize 
to World Wrestling Entertainment for stealing their money every week. Yeah. Um, because they, they, they certainly are not earning it. And secondly, it also to me speaks to a lack of depth, perhaps on the main roster. Because mm-hmm. first of all, I'm sorry, but there's not a person on this planet that can convince me that Kalisto should be in the WWE championship title tournament. Makes uh, we, it far as the whole thing. We, we, we all, exactly. We all know Kalisto isn't winning the title. The Miz, another guy that barely works at all. Why oh. is he in this tournament? That that's that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there's your two spots that you could have if they took the time, they could have set those spots up. They could have got Jericho back in. Maybe they could have spoken, sat down with Lesnar and properly hashed it out and said, look, we'll give you a buttload more money. We're going to have you in this tournament. You're not going to win, so don't worry. You don't need to be on Raw between Survivor Series and the Rumble or whatever. But they could, or as we said before, they could have had Triple H. They, 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 Kalisto, I mean, please. They could have used that first Raw. They could have used this past Monday um, as an opportunity to have a lottery. A draft, yeah. if you will, for who's going to be in this tournament. I mean, anything that could have been unexpected or unpredictable. Uh, this is I mean, something that I wrote down when I was putting notes together uh, for, for the pod tonight. And Andy, I'll, I'll ask you this question. Are we simply being too critical of WWE? Are we expecting too much of them now that they're a publicly traded company? I don't think so. I mean, what I was going to say is, I mean, I, I can understand Lesnar not being in it because if he's not going to win it, how are you going to make him lose? So not having him in it is fair enough, but you've got to, I think you've got to cover it in some way in the storyline. You know, you even just a line of, I don't know, just anything of, you know, oh, well, you know, even a throwaway line there of, of of Triple H at the start saying, well, you know, if uh, Lesnar uh, could be bothered, was interested enough or could bother his ass to get a crossover to the UK, he'd be in this tournament. You know, a throwaway heel line like that sets it sets the heat up in the future, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Just a simple little throwaway line like that sets things sets things going. But to not even mention him or anything, it just it just doesn't make logical sense to anyone. And I, and I don't think we're we're expecting too much, really. I mean, nothing's going to be perfect. And I think sometimes we have rose tinted glasses on when we look back because you know the 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 general standard of some of the wrestling and some of the the shows back in the Attitude Era, some of it was quite poor. But on the whole, there was so much going on. You know, the, it wasn't just Stone Cold Steve Austin against Vince McMahon week in week out. You know, and that's all we watched for two hours. You know, there was other things going on. There was a tag team scene, you know, that there was an intercontinental championship that actually meant something. You know, there, there were other storylines going on. And what they were also doing is they were building other main eventers. They were building The Rock. They were building Triple H. They had Undertaker going on in the background. And that is something that they don't have at the moment. You know, they're, now we need somebody else in the main in the main event scene. And what have we had? We've had... We've had Roman Reigns in and around there, but they've had him up and then pulled him away. And every time they put him up, they've pulled him away. And the crowd don't really want to take to him yet. He, as far as they're concerned, he hasn't paid his dues for them. So you've got him, but who else is there? You know, the, the, the crowd wants Cesaro. They want Kevin Owens. They're behind them. They want Dean Ambrose, but the but the writers and the bookers they're not getting behind these. You know, the company and not putting enough into them. So. The failure to build other people 
two main event status, even so that they look like they're ready for it, that is now what's hurting them because they concentrated these shows around one or two matches month in, month out, because you don't have to sell them on pay-per-view anymore. It's a network. It's subscribers. So, you know, it's almost as though they've got a bit lazy, you know, and while these the last three pay-per-views, special events, whatever you want to call them, they've actually been pretty decent shows, I think pretty good shows on the whole, and they've got a lot of talented wrestlers on there, pro wrestlers, because that's what they are, they're pro wrestlers on their roster, and there was some, there's been some really good matches, but what it's lacking, what it's really lacking, is the depth of meaning and storylines, rather than you're just watching a random match that doesn't actually mean anything, and you can say, in isolation, that was a good match. What happened in, you know, in that in that ring, you know, belt to belt, it was good, but it doesn't, for it to connect with an audience and to generate an interest, it has to mean something. There has to be a reason why I want to pay my money to watch it on pay-per-view or to go into an arena and buy a ticket to watch these guys fight and and culminate this feud that they've got, they've got going on. Something has to generate my interest. Where is that? That's, that is what's lacking, I think, and that's a basic principle, and they're forgetting the basics, it seems. That, that's, that's what it seems to me, a fan of 25 years, it feels that they're, they're kind of forgetting so many of the basics that got them where they are in the first place. Raw just feels so sterilized, um, yeah. and, I, and I think that's, that, that's the, the point that you're trying to make. I mean, Dave, I mean, what, what would you say to that point from Andy? Well, see, I think Andy's nailed it when he said they've gotten lazy, and like, we all look back at the Attitude Era, but we have to remember what the Attitude Era was born out of was the competition. They were driven because they had this huge competitor in WCW who was pushing them you know, inch by inch during the, the Monday Night Wars. And they would constantly have to be coming up with new storylines, developing characters, pushing the envelope. You know, it, I'm sure it made a big difference in the performers as well, because, you know, these guys would be like, well, I, I have to go out every night and give everything. Because if I don't, nobody's going to watch my matches anymore. When I come on, they're going to flip the channel. Because they have another option. Now they don't, people don't have another option. And like, fair enough. The other big promotion, well, I, big is probably pushing it, but like TNA is the number two, you know, promotion in America right now. You could argue Ring of Honor, but I'd say TNA is still just that little bit ahead because they've got the, the bigger names, but nobody watches it. And the thing that gets me is like, do you remember? Back in the day, like the other thing with with this not having this competitor is they don't have anyone to steal talent off. Like, do you remember when they got Jericho and the big entrance for Jericho, and then when they got the Radicals and the big entrance for them, and it was a big storyline. Well, now they're getting guys from TNA. I mean, they took Samoa Joe, who would be the the and you know an equivalent talent to any of those guys, Jericho or the Radicals, and he gets stuck in. NXT and they take James Storm and another big star of TNA and he's in NXT because they're not well enough known in the mind of Vince McMahon and whoever else to put them on the main show I mean Joe should have been put straight on to Raw in my view I would have loved to seen Joe in this tournament 
we mentioned Finn Balor. Again, this guy was huge in Japan. Bringing him in should be a big deal. But again, he goes into NXT. He doesn't get put on the main roster. Like, he should have been in this tournament. I mean, I think it's outrageous that Kalisto is in this tournament and Finn Balor isn't. And I understand, yeah. I understand that WWE is trying to protect the NXT stars to a certain extent. But I also understand that there may be some other elements at foot as well. Um, but I, Matt, I, if you're going to take someone yeah. from a tag team and put them in this tournament, put Kofi Kingston in. At least he's got some credibility as a singles competitor. Agreed. Do you know what I mean? And like the other thing that they miss when I was saying about you know maybe using a RAW to promote the tournament that would come on following events, like before Hell in a Cell, the, the RAW before Hell in a Cell, Austin was there and Michaels was there. They weren't mentioned on the previous RAW. They weren't mentioned on the previous SmackDown. It wasn't like a tune in next week because two of the biggest icons that we've ever had are going to be there. It was just like, oh, look, Stone Cold is there. But people who didn't know they were going to be there aren't watching. But at least if there's a bit of buzz, like I'm sure there was Internet buzz and all that kind of stuff. And like people did know. But if you're just a casual week to week kind of fan who, you know, can pick it up or put it down. If you don't know that these guys are going to be on, you might not be as keen to watch. Whereas if, for like, I'll watch it regardless, but I know a lot of people, like friends of mine, that watched it kind of at the same era we all kind of grew up watching it. And now they'll only really watch it if there's something, like if they know Taker's going to be there, they'll watch it. If they know Austin or Rock or whoever's going to be there, they'll watch it. But they don't announce these things anymore. So they kind of... Like you're bringing Stone Cold in, it should be a major deal that he's there because he's there so rarely. Same with Michaels, and it's just a throwaway. They've, they've made a mess of that as well. I mean, I mean, I was <laughs> I was so frustrated watching that. I mean, how do you bring? How do you make a mess of of having Stone Cold Steve Austin on there? Yeah. You know, opening but they had he gets a huge pop and he comes out yeah. and he just basically he's, they've brought him out to introduce the Undertaker and then yeah. he disappears. You know, and then they have like, they bring in uh, Michaels. You bring in Michaels. You have a huge opportunity to do something that could be hilarious or, or you know, brilliant with him and, and Seth Rollins. And it's like hit my music. Oh no, 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 no! You don't get to do that. Hit my music, and Michaels just walks out. And it's like you've completely botched what could have been something good. You could have had him super kick Seth Rollins in the head. Yeah. You know, just, you even could, just a tease, just a little tease, because yeah, if I he, mean, if he don't mean the super kick and Rollins, know. yeah, yeah, Rollins ducks and know. rolls out. Yeah, yeah I, people know, and they people know they're not going to wrestle again. They're, they've pretty much said, look, we're not going to do it again. But a bit of a tease, it just yeah. generates that little bit of interest. And, like and even that, when they started teasing that whole Rock, or, or sorry, Austin versus Lesnar thing, like there's. There's not a chance in hell Austin was ever coming back, especially not to wrestle someone like Lesnar, whose style would likely result in in Austin ending up in a wheelchair. But they were still able to tease it, and they did a nice little angle, and then it just got buried and disappeared. Like, when, when, when Lesnar did hit the podcast, there was scope there right at the end to continue to tease that, and they just bury it. And it's like, you're missing out on opportunities. And, like, this tournament sort of reminds me of the tournament that's going on in in TNA at the minute for the you know this world championship series nonsense 
in in the well, as Matt said, like we know Kalisto's not going to win. We know Big Show's not going to win. We know Ziggler's not going to win. We know Miz is not going to win. We're fairly certain Cesaro's not going to win because of how he's been booked recently. It's well, like and you know, he's facing, and he's facing Roman Reigns. In the Roman next Reigns. Next, so. Uh, and that's what TNA are doing. I mean, TNA have have their women's wrestlers involved oh, in the that's tournament. Outrageous! I mean, that 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 um, that just goes to show you why that company should just be completely out of business. You yeah, guys, you did. You guys did hit on an interesting point, which uh, which is, is a it's an, a good segue into the next thing that I wanted to cover. We talked about The Rock. We talked about the the reaction that Stone Cold Steve Austin got when he came out on Raw a few weeks ago. We've talked about Shawn Michaels. Um, we've even talked about Chris Jericho. Uh, on the show. All of those guys have something in common, gentlemen. Every single one of them were allowed to become stars organically within mm-hmm. the construct of WWE, then WWF. Every single one of them. Stone Cold Steve Austin was a, quote, utility guy, end quote, in WCW. The Rock um, started as Rocky Maivia and was getting booed out of the building and having stuff thrown at him. Chris Jericho started as a mid-card cruiserweight in WCW. Shawn Michaels was one half of the Rockers. Every single one of these guys were given an opportunity to run with the ball and grow organically. Now, Dave Meltzer, who um, is uh, he has a the Wrestling Observer radio show, also a very well respected journalist within the community, uh, reported just a few days ago regarding this Monday Night Raw, which took place from Manchester, that WWE were quote afraid of some of the chants that were going to come from the rowdy British crowd. So Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon supposedly, and this is according to sources provided to Dave Meltzer, actually turned down the live mics within the arena that were miking the crowd, and they have even pumped in crowd noise over top of it to make more favorable reactions for Roman Reigns and some of the other stars that they want to get over. Now, this is not the first time that WWE has been accused of doing this, but I've had some very spirited debates with people on podcasts in person about this type of stuff, about whether or not stars are still able to get over organically. Um, and WWE constantly stresses that they want their crowd to participate and they want the, quote, WWE universe to be involved and to be vocal. And yet at the same time, they also confiscate signs at events as well. This is the most contrived, sterilized uh, WWE that I can ever remember. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why the ratings continue to fall. Why people are becoming more and more apathetic to it. And those who are not apathetic to it are just downright frustrated. Um, what say you, gentlemen, about um, Dave Meltzer's report on the crowd? I, I'm not at all surprised, Matt. I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, I, don't, I watch wrestling because it's a nice escape and a lot of it's nostalgia. But it should be something enjoyable to watch. It should be something I can switch my brain off and watch and not have to think too deeply about. But instead, I have, I end up, my brain ends up going into overdrive because I feel like I'm being, my intelligence has been insulted. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Continuously. Like, we can see that Cesaro is massively over, but the crowd reaction when he comes out on TV is quite muted. We can see that Reigns is struggling to get over, but yet he's getting these huge big pops. And like it, it goes further than that. Like it, it's, it's the whole. It is the sterilization of the product. You mentioned that I think it was last week, maybe the week before, how you know the the commentators aren't allowed to mention blood. Like if I'm watching and I can see someone bleeding and no one's mentioning it, why are you not mentioning that this man is bleeding in front of my eyes? Or say wrestler. I mean, when yes. I'm sitting here. Uh, this is the thing. This is the thing, guys. And it's like, well, well hey, uh, hey, what's on TV? Oh, I'm watching wrestling. Does anybody ever say, oh, I'm watching sports entertainment? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, like, it's like, what, am I, what, what, what are these said, guys, uh, what are these guys the doing right now? That that. Are they wrestling? Yeah. I mean, what are they doing, Andy? <laughs> they're, they're pro wrestlers. Yeah. You know, and that, that's what we, we we call ourselves wrestling fans. Yeah. You know? and it's. Yeah, I, I just, for me, I just don't get why it's such a big deal to him. I honestly don't get what is such a big deal, why it's 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 such a taboo subject for him to actually call it wrestling, because that's what it is. It's wrestling. It's an art form. It's I, I respect, I mean, I'm, I don't know about you guys, I'm watching this Breaking Ground series that they've got on the network, and it's, it's fascinating to watch. And you, you know it. It just makes you respect them even more. What they go through, the desire and the willpower they have to have and how they've been developed and, and just what goes into doing it and, you know, what they put themselves through. And, and I respect the hell out of anyone who does it because it is an art form doing it. It's to be appreciated, you know, and the, the guys at the very top who, you know, the people like Bret Hart who, who don't ever seem to make – Ever, they never ever seem to miss a move. Everything looks so smooth and it looks so real. But he didn't hurt anyone. It was—it's an absolute art form. They're artists, and and it's and it's absolutely fantastic to just appreciate just how good these people are at doing what they do. And it, yes, it's an, a form of entertainment, but it's just the same as for you know as football fans or as cricket fans or rugby fans or basketball or baseball or anything else you're a fan of. It's a form of entertainment for you, but it's still the sport. It's still the name. It's you still call it football or cricket or baseball, you know, and that because that's what it is. So I I don't get why it's such a taboo thing. But they they just seem to want they want to have so much control over literally every angle. Like 
they don't want to mention anything about these guys' previous careers before WWE. Like, you know, when we were talking about this last week, uh, Matt, and we were talking about who, you know, big names that they could bring back, you know, one name that was in my head, but he's, he's contracted to TNA, who would immediately get over and probably right now become the number one face in the company is Jeff Hardy. But you know for a fact that if he comes back, they're going to try and sterilize him, take away little bits of his character. They're going to completely ignore what he's been doing for the last few years. And it just, like, they're not going to, like, it, it should seem like a big deal that they're getting him back from a competitor. But they'll just ignore that. They'll just pretend that this guy's been walking in the wilderness for years. Yeah. And they've just dumbed it down to such a level. And, like, as we see with a lot of these guys, like, they get brought in and then they're taught to wrestle the WWE style. It's like, what even is that? Like, is that just every match going to be like what John Cena does? No, yeah, I mean, due the, respect the, the, Cena, the, but... the WWE style is, um, is five to seven minutes, um, eight minutes curtain to curtain, um, making sure that you're always facing the hard cam when you're wrestling. Mm. Um, sterilized, as we've already pointed out. Um, and sometimes, uh, if, if you're John Cena or if you're somebody at the top of the card, normally John Cena, you can pretty much get away with having a complete spot fest, including doing springboard stunners, despite the fact that multiple veterans yeah. and Hall of Famers, Awful. including Stone Cold, tell you how ridiculous it is and to please stop doing it. And to John Cena's credit, it, he finally stopped. Or he oh. just did because he, he left for a few months. So. But the, the hard camera thing, Matt, that, that has bugged me for years. Like, it just how convenient that every time you go for a finisher, you happen to be facing the same direction. With all the money that WWE put into their production, and in fairness, they like their production values are very, very high. Yes. But how is it that they can't afford dynamic cameras like we have in the NFL? How is it that, like... A, a, a finish just can't take place out of anywhere, and there will be a camera in the vicinity of where it's where it's happening because, like, these guys know where the finish is going to happen. I mean, it's a, it's a tired form of production. I mean, I, the the perfect example that I would use um, to to elaborate on your point is UFC. UFC's not scripted, and they're they're mm. they're covering every tap out and every knockout there. Exactly. You know, boxing is the same. You know, like it's like. You just have to try harder, lads. Like, I know that Andy made the point earlier, like, they're not so bothered anymore about the pay-per-views in terms of, you know, the money that they bring in and that. So that's fine. So they should be able to, you know, take away some of what they would normally pump into promoting that and use it to fix what's wrong with, with Raw. Like, if if it was any other weekly episodical television program, as they like to call it, it would have been cancelled about three years ago. If it wasn't for the fact that it's like this production of their own, if 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 this was CBS producing this on a weekly basis, they would have cancelled it because the numbers have fallen into the toilet because it's the same nonsense every week. There's no originality and it's just sterile. It's like watching something that Dick Wolf has developed. When we should be watching something that Kurt Suter has developed. Well, I, you know, I, I think as the numbers continue to fall, if they continue to have these issues and we get into 2016, 
Um, and 2016 looks very much like 2015 in terms of the network is continuing to do well, and it will because NXT is a great product to watch, and they have mm-hmm. great original series on there as well. There's some very good – that's the other thing too is that if you look at the WWE Network. The network is genius. There's some great things being produced on that right yeah. now. Table for Three is a great show, uh, Breaking Ground um, or Proving Ground. Whatever. Very good. Yeah, what, yeah breaking ground. Breaking yeah. ground. That that's a, that's an excellent show. All of the NXT specials are out. The rivalry specials yeah. are amazing. Yes. The yeah. Monday Night Wars. Now, how can I, I did have some that, gripes they can't, with they that. They can't but... use that same innovation with Raw. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's very. It's I mean, the so network perfect. is very good. Very good. I mean, it's all like their production. And I mean, to take it back onto the crowd, and we were talking about you know the the responses on there. I mean, watching it with Cesaro, it did seem like you know, I was thinking, you know. Uh, are they muting the crowd here? Because you can see in front of your eyes the people reacting, but you can't hear it. Your, it's like your ears are telling you something different to what your eyes are seeing. And you think, well, hang on a minute. And it, But the whole thing is, although they're trying to... They're trying to sort of channel the audience into what they want them to be thinking. All it's doing is it's sending them further and further. The other, it's counterproductive. Yeah. It's just going to send them the other way. The more you tell people, no, 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 we want you to like him, we want you to boo him, they're going to go, oh, stuff you. I'm going to, in that case, I'm going to boo that guy you want me to like, and I'm going to cheer for the guy you, you want me to hate. Because that's how Stone Cold Steve Austin's character originally formulated it. Yeah. because he's supposed I, I, to be the bad guy but people loved him and they wanted to get behind him and it, and it was just in the end they just went oh well let's get behind it and, and, and it's almost like just you know see what you did in 96 97 just do that again you know exactly I mean the thing the is Andy, if we look at what's happening with Reigns now there's so many parallels to what happened with The Rock. As as Matt mentioned earlier on, he was getting stuff thrown at him. He was getting booed out of buildings. And they just went, you know what? We'll just flip it. We'll send him out as a heel and we'll see what happens because this isn't working. And it's almost like the fan base now, a lot of them are just booing in the hope that they will, in the hope that they will um, turn him heel because that's what people want. People want to see Roman Reigns as a heel. Because we're all bored of watching him as this, you know, boring, sterile face. And I think like, the thing is as well, for Roman Reigns, a heel run will actually, it'll naturally turn him back face, but he will be an accepted face. And it will be better for his character and him in the long run. So it's, it's, it's again, it's another counterproductive move. But the thing for me that annoyed, that really annoyed me about Raw was that they buried Cesaro's win again. Like... He gets a huge win over over Shane. The bank holder. Yeah, I, I don't like this roll up finisher. I really don't. I can see the appeal. It's you know, it's technical. It's whatever. I don't like it. He can do so many better things. This man can put someone on the top rope and drop kick them. He can do springboard, corkscrew, uppercuts. He is insane. But the big story coming out of that is that Wayne Rooney slapped Wade Barrett. Nobody even cared what happened in the ring. Yeah. So you've, you've given them this big win and you've buried it under this nonsense angle that's n- not going to go anywhere because that's the end of that. Now, I'm sure that's, you know, Barrett and Rooney are probably mates or whatever, so they've set it up. But you've made Wade Barrett look like an absolute, you know, pansy as well because he's been hit with a little slap and he's fallen on his face. It, it just, it, oh, it's so infuriating. Yeah. They're not going to make money out of it, but it went viral on Twitter. 
you know. Yeah, and that seems to be all they care about is how many things they can get trending. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I mean, from a social media standpoint, WWE is one of the most effective companies in the world at marketing their their brand. Um, but unfortunately, they can't transition that same marketability uh, online on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, and so on and so forth to um, to the television product. And that's mm. that's their biggest problem. Um, well, we got to move on though, guys, because we have a lot of other things to cover. We've got some Twitter questions here, so let's get into those. Um, some of what we've talked about already, um, and uh, this first one comes from Jason Roberts at Jason Roberts twenty one on Twitter. He asks, "Do you trust WWE to successfully turn Rollins' injury <laughs> into a positive?" So we've talked about this a little bit. Do you think there's any way that they can they can bring this thing back and make it a positive? Uh, what do you guys think? Unless they turn Reigns or put the belt on Ambrose or Owens, no. Andy, what do you think? <laughs> I'm, I'm exactly the same because, unfortunately, what we call them writers, I think they are just they're TV writers, and, and they're not they're not necessarily wrestling fans, so they don't know what they're writing about. So, uh, unfortunately, yeah, and with Dave, it just yeah, more of the same, more of the same. Isn't it a shame? Because we really want to be excited about the product. I mean, obviously, we're doing a podcast about it. You know, we we, we want to be excited about the product. We, and I don't want to sit here and sound like um, you know some some whiny guy uh, who's part of the internet wrestling community who just pisses and moans all the time about Monday Night Raw. But um, there's just no red meat for the real thing. No, it's it, the, the yeah. real shame is, like you said, there's so much talent there. You know, for me, it's like, I, I, I mean, personally, I'd be quite happy sticking the belt on Owens because I, I think that guy's money as well. And he's such, he's such a natural. I mean, do you see his promo when he came to the ring, giving it to the crowd and talking about, you know, um, about putting change in his pocket. Yeah, I've got pockets in my wrestling gear. And that promo, that was brilliant. You know, he's playing on the crowd. It was fantastic. And that's for me, he's just a natural. He's a natural heel and he'd be it'd be great. Give him give him the bell and go with it. Let him run with it. And and again, you get Paul Heyman coming out uh, kicking off why why was uh, Brock Lesnar not in the tournament uh, and he, you know fronting up he can front up uh, uh, Owens and Owens can do his thing I'm a prize fighter out the ring gone see and, and just keep teasing it and teasing it like that and you can build it up and then and then um, Lesnar wins the rumble and it, it, it's such an easy thing to build and, and I, I just think that guy is he's he is money but can you trust them to book him right and that's a problem because it's 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 how they keep booking because they have this habit lately of booking champions very very weak oh they certainly did it with Seth Rollins oh, that's that's going back years though I mean you look back at even when Rey Mysterio won the belt and look how badly they booked him he got crushed every week you yeah. just can't they, can, they can't book anyone bar like Cena or Orton, they can't book them properly as champions at all. They even booked when well when Del Rio had the belt, he was badly booked. Edge, I think they did a nice job of booking because he'd always played that. Like Edge was the first kind of chicken shit heel champion, like of the modern era, and they just seem to revert to that every time. Like a lot of the stuff that Rollins is doing now is stuff that Edge did back then. It's like you find a new angle, find something different. 
But even but even even if they would book him as a chicken shit heel, right? I mean, that's the thing about Rollins is that they tried to present him that way, and then they had him lose repeatedly clean to John Cena, a guy that was holding a lesser title. And mm. and, and to me, this is akin to uh, for for the U.S. listeners, they they might get this a little bit more than, than the folks in the U.K. to the 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 wars for the Tonight Show back when Jay Leno had retired. And Conan O'Brien took over, and then the next thing you know, Jay Leno shows up a half hour before Conan goes on, and everybody blames Conan for shitty ratings because, of course, Jay Leno, the guy who had been there forever and who said he was going to go away, came back. And, of course, that didn't hurt Conan at all. And here we have a guy who was WWE champion 15 times. Then he goes away for a little bit, comes back, gets the U.S. title, and then still with the U.S. title, as if that's not enough, he's beating Seth Rollins repeatedly. And then people are blaming Rollins for not getting the title over as much as Cena got over the U.S. title. Well, it's the way he's booked. I mean, we're not the, these are not shoot fights. This is booking. So it's not Rollins' fault that he's losing to Cena. He's not booking himself. Exactly. And if he was, he certainly wouldn't be booking himself to lose <laughs> week upon week. Uh, we got another Twitter question here. Speaking of Brock Lesnar, Andy, um, this comes from the Fez at Real Kyle Fez on Twitter. He says, is the WWE diminishing the title by not having Brock Lesnar in the tournament? It's an interesting question. Are they making the title look even less important by not having bigger names like Brock in the tournament? I mean, uh, like I said earlier, I can understand Lesnar not being in it, and obviously because of the dates. I mean, I've heard that he's, you know, his dates are done for the rest of this year. But what you do is you just drop it in their storyline, so it actually makes sense. You know, you're giving a, you're giving the audience a reason why he's not there. Like I said, it would have been an easy one as a heel line from Triple H to come out and say, Brock Lesnar, he can't be bothered to make it across here to uh, to come and see you guys. So he's not in the tournament. You know, just something along them lines. At least acknowledge it. You know, yeah, at least yeah, exactly acknowledge it. But to almost pretend he doesn't exist, I'm like, it's you know, come on, you know. Every, and then, but then we'll have a special the next month and sell it on him, him fighting, I don't know, maybe him fighting Kane or something like that. But Kane is a monster for two weeks and then he'll fight Kane. You, oh, you have to love the, the, the every, the, the every just, six months, the random Kane yeah. monster run. Yeah. Great. But, but it was, that's what they did with, uh, with Big Show, didn't they? You know, everyone yeah. was beating Big Show. Anyone could beat Big Show apart from two weeks before he's fighting Brock Lesnar and suddenly Big Show is that monster again that can uh, turn cars over and push cement trucks up a hill and, and and punch everyone's lights out. And it's it's this. It's just again we go, keep going back to the same thing. It's just simple logic, applying simple logic, and and it's. I mean, obviously, from a star power, it's a shame you wouldn't have that you don't have Lesnar in there but you can understand obviously why he's not in there but and then but again I keep repeating myself here it's just acknowledge that he's not in it and come up with some storyline reason why he's not in it and then it and it for any for as much as anything it just feeds a possible a potential storyline down further down the road and that's what you want isn't it you're always sowing seeds for the future well, based on the um, on the logic they've been using so far, if they had booked Kalisto versus Big Show in the first round, Kalisto would have beaten Big Show with a choke slam. Yeah, um, 
Um, but we, then, but then, Big Show in three weeks would have come out and been the most dominant force in the history of WWE. Well, don't you know that, Dave? Big Show is is the most dominant athlete in WWE history. Yeah, That's, uh, yeah. I, I I just love the concept of Big Show, Mark Henry, and Kane getting beaten by everybody for months on end, and then getting this. It's almost like it's an apologetic. Okay, we we know we've jobbed you out for months, so you're going to get about three weeks now where you can just beat up everybody, and and people will believe that you're unbeatable. I guess like yeah, I mean I guess, I, yeah, and I, and I mean no disrespect to Big Show because he's a, he's he's a really nice guy in person, and, and he's had, he's oh, had and he's, one hell of he's a, a legend. But the, at he's the same time, for me, his character jumped the shark when he lost to Floyd Mayweather at WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely, so, they killed him. Yeah, it's uh, not his fault. Again, it's not his fault. He's not booking himself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, and that's exactly what I've said uh, regarding Seth Rollins. So we got one more Twitter question to get to um, before we bring our show to uh, to its conclusion here tonight. Uh, this comes from Allie Thompson, one of uh, one of our favorite listeners at Allie T thirteen on Twitter. Uh, he said, "Guys, is it a letdown that we can't?" have any traditional Survivor Series matches um, at the pay-per-view, or not that many, I guess is what he said, uh, traditional Survivor Series matches. I'm not sure if, if any will really be booked at all or if they have. Um, is it a letdown for you guys, no, no, no traditional Survivor Series matches happening? Uh, for me, hugely, because the, I love this pay-per-view because I love that old format. I love watching the old Survivor Series from, like, you know, from the first one onwards when they would have these Survivor Series matches and they'd be elimination format and then at the end of the night there'd be that big kind of main event that made no sense at all and it was just a bunch of guys thrown in together but it was fun and it was it was a fun pay-per-view it was the one kind of like Wrestlemania was so serious and the Rumble was so serious and SummerSlam was so serious but this one was fun you know, it was matches that didn't make any sense. They didn't really need a whole lot of storytelling beforehand. You know, you could build up maybe one or two, but otherwise they were just mishmatches. And it was kind of fun because you could put like two guys that otherwise might not get. To. I remember one year they had like one heel with three faces. And on the other side, it was, I think it was like Razor Ramon was the face on his team with three heels. And then I can't remember, maybe Shawn Michaels with three faces on the other side or something. And it was just really cool to watch. It just, it was fun. But they've just, they've taken it away. And I know they had to do it with the tournament, but at the same time, you know. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing, though, is that we're not actually going to get the full tournament at Survivor Series. We're going to get a four-man tournament at Survivor Series, which is, uh, you know, a whole other thing that we've talked about. Um, in, in, in the past. Uh, before we wrap up and get to our shameless plugs tonight, guys, um, let's talk about The Undertaker very quickly. He made an appearance on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon recently. Obviously, he and Kane have put the Brothers of Destruction back together, at least temporarily. And now rumors of a Taker-Cena match taking place to headline WrestleMania. Is this Taker's last run? And if so, how would you book it? Andy, I'll start with you. It, it does feel like his last one. I mean, just on that with, you know, missing the uh, traditional matches as an old school fan. Yeah, it's, it, it is a shame. And and celebrating 25 years of The Undertaker. I mean, I remember watching that, that Survivor Series when he made his debut and everyone, you know, guys at school speculating who's going to be this mystery guy. And nobody expected him. And you're like, who is he? And, and, and it's... It, 
kind of it, it's almost like a missed opportunity in that you know uh, where they could use Undertaker in in this you know the traditional Survivor, uh, Survivor Series match that this was an opportunity as well to set up uh, potentially giving one or two new guys the rub from the Undertaker yeah. You know, and that's that in itself is a shame. You know, because there's rumours of it being set up as a two v two, and you think, why, why, you know, why not take that opportunity again and give somebody else a bit of a rub there, and, and just just to throw things around a bit, and then. And it's also about storyline depth as well, isn't it? Because at the moment, all they're talking about is the tournament and then you've got Bray Wyatt and the Wyatts versus Undertaker and Kane. And that's it. So you're basically setting, you know, and that this is their thing, isn't it? They're so concentrated on one or two storylines that everything else is ignored. And then all of a sudden, uh, in a pre-show and on Twitter the day before, they'll, they'll add about four matches. You know, somebody's had a Twitter spat. You know, nobody believe you know buys into it, and all of a sudden we have a few, we have three or four matches thrown onto the card that nobody cares about. So it's this is you know that the Survivor Series gives you that little opportunity of of just building something else, and it's it it is it it's another opportunity missed, and on Taker yeah it it definitely feels like it's his last run. I mean for him to be in the UK and to come out kind of tells me yeah this is you know this is him kind of sort of nodding his head to everyone almost saying you know look thanks you know I appreciate the support and uh, you know I'm just gonna I'm gonna give give every ounce what I've got left in me until I tie it all up at Wrestlemania and we should I think we've got to appreciate and support and and just enjoy this this last six months of him because uh, he, the business is probably never going to see a guy like him again. It's just one of the most respected guys I think there's ever been because you get all the different interviews with people. I mean, you've said there he's just been on a tonight on a been on the TV show there. I mean, when do you ever really see interviews with Mark Calloway? Yeah, well, and, you know what and, I mean, and, and you know, that's enough, what I'm saying. You're stepping out of character. Yeah, well, and you just don't see do that. Do you? He didn't even do an interview. That's the thing is they had him come out and just tombstone yeah. a man dressed in a turkey costume. <laughs> yeah, but, <he's, laughs> but that's it. It's a kayfabe thing. Yeah, there's a guy who's kept kayfabe for 25 years. Yeah, you know, and he's protected his character and he's protected mm. the business, and and there's and he's so respected by everybody in the business, and he is such a unique character, and it'll be sad when he does hang up his boots, but you can, it's it's kind of like, well, you know, whoa, he, he isn't the guy he was, so let's just appreciate him, enjoy him, and and it's time, it really is time, and it, as sad as it is, it is time. I definitely think it's his last run, and and Andy's right. He is the last of his kind. I mean, the whole idea of some guy being an undertaker for 25 years is crazy when we think about it now, but it was brilliant when it happened. But then, like, they they tried it with other kind of day-to-day occupations over the years. They had Repo Man and Duke the Dumpster Drossy and, you know, the Hog Farmers and that kind of stuff. But this guy was just so unique in every single way. And I think he was massively helped at the start of his of his run when he had Brother Love and then obviously Paul Bearer. And uh, like I don't really know how they're going to do this whole thing at, at Survivor Series. I'm sure we're, we're going to find out. But like him and Kane is two guys. The Wyatt's is four. 
Is it just going to be Bray picks one? Because he's going to pick Strowman, you would assume, and then the other two are on the outside of the ring. Yeah, my, my understanding is it's going to be a two-on-two, which I know some people have been disappointed about because they thought perhaps Taker could recruit a few other folks. and He, he could have, absolutely. Like, he could have... He could have gone and gotten two guys. Like, I know that they've been terribly booked and they're rarely on television anymore. But if you were to go back a few years and when you had something like the ministry, wouldn't the ascension have been an ideal logical fit in, say, the role that the Acolytes had back then? You know, they could have given the rub. Now, I wouldn't put the ascension in with, with, Taker and that, but they had. There's no character there that you could automatically think. Well, yeah, they, these are guys that Taker and Kane could give the rub to on their way out, and because they booked it so badly, in that you know it it happened at, at Hell in a Cell, and then nothing happened for a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden Taker and Kane are back, and it was really cool to see them come back and you know wipe out the Wyatts and that. That was really cool. It it it, it was kind of a you know, a tip your cap moment to the crowd. Like, you know, you've supported both of us. I, I think Kane is going to go as well. If I'm honest, I think Kane is on his last run as well. Um, And I, I'm sure there'll be some sort of backstage job for, for Jacobs because Glenn Jacobs, because he's been, he's been terribly booked for probably 10 years now, but in, in the beginning of his run, he was brilliant as well. And, I, how I would have done it, Matt, I said it to you last week. I would have had him win the tournament and I would have had him carry the belt, have a match at Rumble and lose it at Mania and just and go out like that. Or, or even win at Mania and then just everybody knew he was retiring anyway so he can just hand it up. And then by then, maybe Rollins is back. Maybe someone has taken a leap. You know, we'll have Cena back by then. Orton will be back by then. Lesnar might be have more availability by then. They could have done it differently. I would have liked to have seen him going out, you know, with one last run with the belt. But Cena is kind of the match that makes the most sense from a draw point of view. But I'm just not sure it's going to be, a, you know, a particularly good spectacle. I'm really not a big fan of Cena's in-ring work. I appreciate that he's a hard worker and he's grafted in that, but he just reminds me of watching Hogan, where, you know, you could tell at what point in every match you're kind of looking at your watch thinking, right, well, he's going to do a five-knuckle shuffle now, and then he's going to do those running shoulder charges now, and then he's going to try for the attitude adjustment, which is just a terrible name now. He's going to not get it, and then he's going to get it now, and then his match is over. And it just reminds me of watching Hogan, and I never enjoyed watching Hogan. I think they're they're in a position now where, in in regards to the Undertaker, and I think this is his send off and, and his swan song. Um, they need to find a, a a a star, someone with similar star power to Undertaker to send him off with. And I, I'm going to upset some WCW fans when I say this, but Sting's not a big enough star to be that person quite quite honestly not now not, not now. now i mean his he, he went away for too long well well that that and the fact that um he he hasn't been impressive since he's come to WWE um no you can say the way he's been booked is one thing losing to Triple H at WrestleMania last year did not help him at all um, I, I, I hated that match yeah. i'm sorry but that that whole thing of sending all them people in the crowd and making it WWE against WCW 14 years after it closed uh, it, I hated it. No, I just you, you, you know what the best part about that was? 
<laughs> the best part about that was the night before at the Hall of Fame, we had Triple H with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall over best mates. And it, at, at WrestleMania, oh, look, his two best friends are coming out to attack him now. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that makes loads of sense. Oh, guys. Well done. Was, Great. I, yeah, I think the other thing as well is a Sting v Taker would just, it just wouldn't be a good match. You know, it, it just doesn't wouldn't, not, wouldn't Sting you know, be a great not, partner for these two boys. If 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 he, I know he's hurt, but he would have been ideal in this match against the Wyatts as a partner with with Taker and Kane, and a young guy to give the rub from you know three guys like that to give the rub to a young guy, you know yeah, set and give up, the rub to the to the Wyatts, yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it would we 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 could have we could have potentially had Undertaker, Kane. Sting and and I brought this guy's name up last week and I'll say it again Glacier. You know, I really think Glacier deserves an opportunity for one last run. Um so, so there you go. Um <laughs> but I got I got to say in all seriousness. And on that note, <laughs> I got to say in all seriousness though um before we wrap up with our shameless plugs, Undertaker has been doing this at an, at an incredibly high level for 25 years. I mean, the man himself Mark Calloway has been in the business for for roughly 30 years. Um so the fact that after 30 years he can still compete at the level that he does, can still perform the way that he does is a testament to um to just uh just how rare he is as a talent and um especially at that size. Yeah, man. It's that incredible. height. That you know, like we see guys much smaller than him and hobbling round like with having had half the career and he's 30 years in at 686969 whatever height he is. And he's like, I know he's a bit slower now, but like his matches are still like you. You said it, Matt, when you um, did your review of Hell in a Cell. His match at Hell in a Cell is a match of the year contender. I agree. I think that match at Hell in a Cell is one of his best matches ever. I, I, mm. I mean, it was one of the best Hell in a Cell matches I can remember in quite some time. I, I actually thought think it was the, the two Hell in a Cell matches. I thought the two Hell in a Cell matches on that that pay-per-view were right up there with the best ones I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, with uh, with Roman and Bray as well. I agree. I thought that was a great match, you know. And, and like, that's the thing. I, I thought watching that, I was like, you know what? This is really clever because they're making this match brilliant. So now if Taker and Lesnar isn't as good, it's not a huge deal. But those two guys just seem to go, well, oh, well, you've thrown down the challenge now, boys. Watch what us old guys can do. Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, well, guys, listen, we had a fantastic show, and I appreciate you both being on. Thanks for coming back again, Dave, and and uh, and thank you, Andy, for being a part of the Pro Wrestling Index. Let's uh, let's get out some shameless plugs before uh, before we say our our, our dues, bit our dues, if you will. Andy, we'll start with you. Of course, you are the host of the Reds Review, which I was fortunate enough to be a guest on. Uh, for everybody listening, you want to tell us a little bit more about that and what else you have going on? Yeah, it was uh, it was a, it was a great show. Really, really enjoyed it. It was great to have you and Mo on there. And uh, there'll be be another uh, Reds review up the end of this month. It'll be the first time we first uh, full month of uh, of Jurgen Klopp in charge. So hopefully get a couple of good guests in for that one. Uh, so just keep uh, please do listen to that. And um, I'm. We'll be uh, getting some articles out on there. I, I promise. I promise. If Gags is listening, I promise I will get one or two uh, written articles up before the end of this month <laughs> because uh, I've not been writing as often as I should be. Uh, but just keep just keep tuning into uh, to the AI app. There's just so much con- diverse content. 
uh, content on there it is ridiculous how good the stuff is on there it's it's just fantastic i was listening to um the movie the movie uh, show the other day uh, about goodfellas i uh, thoroughly enjoyed that so it's it's there's something for everyone it's fantastic so uh, you should tune in awesome and of course everybody can also follow you at andy armchair on twitter if they're not already they uh, can indeed <laughs> i'm glad you remembered that yes I get it all in, man. I get it all in. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pro, Andy. He's a pro. And speaking of all in, Dave, what do you got going on? Uh, well, all in sports talk, the show with myself and Steve Gennaro. I'm not actually on this week's show. I'm Well, I'm briefly on when I make a guest appearance on my own show, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, but it's just been a crazy week. So uh, Steve gets together with his brother and uh, another friend, and they do a... A uh, an early season chat about the NBA and how the season looks to be shaking up. So that's every Thursday. You can find it at www.allinsportstalk.com and follow us on Twitter at allinsportstalk. We obviously do the happy hour on the AI channel as well. And I'm a bit of a podcast whore. I'll be on pretty much anything. Um, so I do the EPL roundtable. Uh, the main podcast, the movie podcast, the on-the-box podcast, whatever anyone will have me on, I will generally be on. If I can just plug my own you know, storyline for the WWE, something that I think needs to happen, I think, Matt, you'll like this one. Let's bring back Isaac Yankum, DDS, for the last run of Glenn Jacobs in the WWE. <laughs> I love it. I think that's a fantastic idea. Man. His best work, in my opinion. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, um, thank you to everybody who's been listening to the show, uh, tweeting at us. And uh, and I I really appreciate it. It's a love of mine to do this. And, of course, as always, thanks to Gags for for giving me the platform to do it. Uh, If you want to find out more about what I'm up to day to day, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Topolsky. Uh, I also have a website, matttopolsky.com. And uh, I am also the host of Booker T's Reality of Wrestling, which uh, you can find out more information about at realityofwrestling.com. We have weekly episodic television, just like WWE. Uh, well, maybe a little bit better. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, you can find it on YouTube or at realityofwrestling.com. And uh, I also host a daily podcast, uh, which is about pop culture professional wrestling, sports, and all that other good stuff, and that is at opinionpodcast.com. So that's it for this week. Gentlemen, as always, a pleasure, and thanks for being on. We will be back next week as we head into the Survivor Series on the WWE Network. Good night. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.